You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A presented by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am excellent. What can I help you with? So my question today is about constructing a cohesive application from Mm. personal statement to activities um, and even, you know, letters of recommendation. So we are, as I'm sure you know, kind of in the final stretch of this application cycle where the everyone fi- the is final stretch it's only made in, <laughs> in this sense everybody's pushing to get those materials in right yep. now so that they can submit in juice yeah um and so this is something i've been workshopping for quite a while yeah and i every time i think i get to a good place with my personal statement and then i go back and look at my activities i feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect between what I'm trying to get across, what I've experienced, and maybe what a third party who doesn't know me would be in that personal statement and those activities um, and potentially those references. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. And this is, I think, especially pertinent given this new AMCAS activities category that's been added. Um, I think it's advocacy and social justice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, my background, um, non-traditional in a sense. Um, so I have um, an undergraduate degree and an MPH, both in public health, and took a couple of years off, joined the workforce. Um, and then after a pretty difficult personal, a few personal years, um, decided that I really wanted to go ahead and go through with what I had always wanted, which is to pursue medical school. So... Um, working in sort of the public health sphere, especially um, advocacy has been this salient theme through all of my experiences. Um, And truthfully, a lot of my clinical exposure has been in my personal life. Um, And so again, it's balancing the activities that I have with what I'm putting forth in my personal statement to really try and portray an accurate um, depiction of like myself, my experiences and how I got to where I am. And I know that personally, I feel my narrative makes sense to me. It's getting that across. So if that's too vague, I'm happy to provide examples. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's provide examples because because basically what you're asking is to me at the at the core of an application is projecting who you are. Right. And so you talked about this cohesive narrative. I'm not sure what that means. I know a lot sure. of people will okay. call that a theme, right? This this theme that <laughs> students choose. To me, your theme is you, right? At the end of the day, the application is who are you and why are you here? Right. So I don't think there's a lot of work that needs to be done to make this cohesive theme as long as you're focused on telling your sure. story, which is where okay. I think a lot of students go wrong. If you watch any of my application <laughs> renovation videos, they're not telling their story. They're telling the story that they think the med schools want to hear. Well, I'm certainly trying to do myself justice in that regard. And okay. maybe that's why it is so difficult and why people, this is a sticking point for a lot of people. But so, okay. Um, in my personal statement, um, one of sort of the things, well, I lost my father and two of my closest friends within a year. 
um, my father to a sort of really mysterious, lengthy, arduous illness unexpectedly though. I mean, never been ill. And so I got a lot of exposure to, I I was on the other side of that, like physician um, patient relationship for quite some time. And similar case with two of my other close friends. And I know that I've heard you talk about how everyone's had like a Nana or someone that has passed away and it has made an impact. But what does that truly mean in, in sort of like looking forward? And so for me, my personal statement, there is a lot of heavy thematic content about grief and choosing to use my grief um, as something to motivate me rather than to break me down because that's sort of a process. I think a lot of people go through the grieving process as long. I had been making big improvements um, on these sort of like problematic behaviors, uh, bad study skills, those sorts of things that plagued me through most of undergrad. I got my master's. I was doing well in my career. And then all of this happens. And I had to sort of really push through. And I had known I wanted to pursue medical school. I didn't think it was an option for me. Um, But when I lost my loved ones, I said, well, what is truly stopping me? I'm, you know, I'm kind of halted in my tracks. I feel so wrapped up in all of this. What would make me happy? What do I actually want to pursue? Um, And there were times throughout my interactions with the healthcare system where I thought like, oh man, I really wish that I had gone through with medical school. I wish I could understand what anybody was saying to me right now. Um, All of this public health background, everything I know about healthcare access and, you know, coverage and all of these things is really not applicable in these situations. And the only position where I think people... I'm hoping I'm making sense here, but in through that experience, I realized that to do what I really wanted to do, which is go all the way, you know, everything, all of the workings of sort of these kind of illnesses, I would need to pursue becoming a physician, which is what I wanted to do. Now, <laughs> when it comes to writing that, right, um, in the personal statement, I think that comes across well enough. Okay. Um, but the issue then becomes a lot of the experiences I've had that are relevant to medical school, like I've said, you know, sort of these uh, questions are, well, I have a lot of experience working with healthcare coverage, healthcare access, broader systemic um, projects, programs Mm -hmm. um, through a public health lens. And I think those are all still very relevant, obviously to my interest in pursuing a position, but they did happen sort of prior to this decision yeah. I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're throwing down now, which okay. <laughs> is which is you're worried that your personal statement is is big and bold and I want to be a doctor and your activities don't support that. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that that's a problem. Right? So there there's right. there's nothing you can do about that. Except not apply and get more experiences that do support this theme, this this narrative of wanting to be a doctor. If you go and look at my application renovation videos, almost all of them are in a similar situation to you, right? I want to be a doctor, but I don't really have the experiences to show you that I do want to be a doctor. I just think I want to be a doctor. And I like some of the aspects of medicine, um, kind of, uh, I can't think of the right word, right? Uh, from from a, a thinking point of view, but from an action point of view, I can't really show you that I've done anything. This is really help. This is really helpful. 
And I'm kind of curious now, maybe the like better, more pointed question is, what are the activities that would demonstrate an interest in becoming a physician that would demonstrate that commitment? Yeah. Um, you tell me. And, what, what do you think? Um, so I do. I know that clinical hours, obviously, yeah. um, you can't know until you've been exposed. Exactly. Um, and I do have um, experience. I worked internationally um, for several months with an NGO. Um, and in, as part of that role, we were working in like rural hospitals, um, shadowing physicians, sort of looking at supply chain issues, like what is preventing physicians from being able to um, provide the care that they need to in these settings. Um, and also worked in a fistula camp there. Um, I think for maybe, and again, I'll go back and listen to the application renovation series, because if there are lots of folks out there with this sort of angle, then that's really helpful. But um, I've had interaction with people who would be considered patients, right? So, um, but I know clinical exposure is important, but again, it does it, is it relevant the angle you're approaching it at? If you're a systems person, like a public health person, for example, and you're interacting with those patients, does that come across to medical schools as being demonstrated interest? Is that still relevant clinical experience? It, de- it depends is the answer. It depends on what exactly you're doing, <laughs> right? Because uh, a, a front desk person in a clinic is interacting with a patient, but that's admin. That's not clinical sure. experience. So it, it really just depends on exactly what you're doing. At the end of the day, the the reason why I and many other people and and deans and directors of admissions who I've had on the podcast are like the biggest mistake a student can make is not having clinical experience. The biggest reason is you are entering a field where taking care of patients is your like main job. It's not the job, unfortunately, that takes up the most of your time, right? Because there's (laughs) admin work and dealing with insurance and all this other crap that we have to deal with but at at the core of being a physician is taking care of patients for the majority of physicians out there right and so you have to like going into your clinic seeing seeing your 20 patients that day or 30 patients that day going through their chief complaints talking to your staff who's here what are they here for going into that room interacting with these strangers, friends, whoever you build relationships with over time, you have to enjoy that part of the job. And that is the part of the job that you you start to get a feel for when you are a medical assistant, when you are a CNA, when you are an EMT, you are there at the bedside interacting with these patients in some sort of a clinical way. So if you're interacting with patients through a public health lens, hey, Mrs. Jones, I'm I'm here interacting with you from a public health lens. Let's talk about the social determinants of health, right? Why did you miss your last three appointments? Oh, you don't have a car and we didn't send a, a cab for you. Okay, now I understand, right? That's not clinical experience. That's exploring social de- determinants of health. That's public health. That's very, very important. But somebody looking at your application will go, why aren't you going into public health, right? Why aren't you going into policy? Why aren't you continuing to work with all of these NGOs that you've already worked with? I don't see from your application that you actually like, quote unquote, taking care of patients. You like Mm -hmm. systems, 
from from a broad overview, but you don't like the patience, right? From a one-on-one basis. And that's right. what clinical experience does. So now I understand your question at the very beginning, that 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 connection, right? You're you're missing that connection and you're worried that's not gonna gonna come through. And I think it's a completely valid concern. Now, can you still apply? Of course. Someone may like your application and, and take a chance on you, but you may get into a hospital setting, you may not like it. So and I've that been, is the biggest concern. I've been volunteering with hospice okay. um, for about seven months now. Great. Um, and so that is, you know, in addition to sort of doing that more like, like I said, working internationally, doing more like bedside health education, mm-hmm. um, I knew that that would be like, well, have you actually interacted? Obviously, you've been on the other side of the relationship yeah. where you were, you know, patient's family. What have you done with patients directly? So I started working with um, hospice patients um, back in November. Okay. So that would put us seven months or so. Um, and I have that to speak to. Great. Um, and I'm really, again, looking forward. And, and can I be candid? And say, I know I needed to, if I was going to work, if I'm going to work with patients, I knew I needed to apply myself in a setting where I was doing that. Yeah. And I've learned that I love it. I absolutely enjoyed working with these patients. Can you be in that way um, in your activity section? Me- meaning, can, can you like, can, can you almost like break uh, the fourth wall and go and speak directly <laughs> to the person and go, I know that you're concerned that I don't have clinical experience. So this is why I got clinical experience. Well, the, not that, not that candid probably, but more along the lines of, you know, again, my perspective was like, I'm so excited at the prospect of applying to medical school. Mm-hmm. And I know that to really feel certain of that choice, I need to spend time around patients. Yeah, I, um, I think that's the, the that's obvious, okay. right? Okay. I, I don't think you need to say that because that's the whole point. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, that's actually really, yeah, that's really helpful. Um, yeah, so g- regard- it, it, it gives me more comfort knowing that you have this hospice experience. I, I think hospice is one of the best experiences out there. It's it's a little bit less of a traditional clinical experience, but I think it's super valuable. I think it's great for the patients that you're supporting. And so, yeah, it, that, that makes me a little bit more comfortable that you do have some more direct <laughs> patient experience. I do. Um, I, and yeah, agreed for any other pre-meds listening, don't be afraid of hospice. It's really wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay. so, and then I think, okay, my other question about this sort of like advocacy and social justice, mm-hmm. I know this is the first year it's been offered, correct? And yeah. so I'm not sure how much you're really even going to be able to share with us about that. But, um, I am curious what sort of activities, how medical schools will be interpreting that um, along with the, uh, the rest of the package? Uh, the answer to that is always, whether it's it's talking about this advocacy and, so, so, uh, advocacy and social justice, which is this new category on AMCAS this year, or it's clinical experience or volunteering, non-clinical volunteering, right? How much time do you spend at the soup kitchen or Habitat for Humanity or any of those? 
every medical school interprets things differently. Every medical school will have their own rubric. If they use a rubric, they'll have their own scoring system. If they use a scoring system, each individual person reviewing the application has their own biases. They, they may be super like, I'll, I'll say it right. A person reading an application may be super anti BLM. And so you're on there talking about George Floyd and marching and all of this stuff and their own personal bias may get in the way of you getting into that school. Humans exist, we have biases, and they may be reading your application, unfortunately. All right, so the answer to your question is, you don't know how medical schools are going to interpret this information, whether, again, it's this new category or any of the old categories or secondary questions or personal statement or anything else. Therefore, you shouldn't even worry about it. You need to tell your story your specific story, who are you, that makes you you, that shows this life that you view uh, your your life through, through your lens, right? Based on your own experiences, based on your own upbringing, based on your friends and your family and, and the neighborhood you grew up in and the schools that you went to and all of that stuff. That's the authenticity and, and quote unquote uniqueness that comes through an application. Not the one activity that you're like, oh my gosh, this is the one activity that nobody is going to have and I'm going to be the only one and it's going to make me quote unquote stand out, right? No, just tell your specific story and let the medical schools do their job and and view your application the way they're going to view it and score it and judge it and rank it and whatever else. You have zero control over that. Right. That's- don't waste your time thinking about it. No, that's nice to hear. I think, again, people, it's easy to get wrapped up in the mindset of like, am I checking this box? Exactly. What if this would qualify, but I don't, I'm not, I didn't experience it that way. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you you checking a box for one school is going to uncheck it for another school. <laughs> like, right. And you don't, you don't know what schools it's going to work for. So yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much more time we have left, but I think um, sort of like one and again, I'll try to give specific examples if it's helpful. Um, but in talking about like my personal statement is one that has some like heavy thematic content. I'm doing my best to make sure it's not too verbose. Again, answer those core questions. Everyone's Nana, everyone's uncle, whatever their experience has been um, to really, you know, again, like you said, tell my story. Um, but I'm running out of space as I'm sure a lot of people do um, to discuss the experiences that I would really like to. And so I'm thinking um, how generally speaking um, when you're referencing any activities in your personal statement, do you, should you reference as many as you can? Um, Should you reference the most meaningful? Um, And then that translation to, again, like, I'm not going to have space to tell you everything I want to tell you about working with hospice patients in this personal statement. So, you know, can I call out, like, can I call that experience out? And is it enough to just reference it and then discuss later? So the personal statement has one job. What is the personal statement's job? Um, It's why medicine. Why medicine right? It's telling in 5,300 characters or 5,000 for TMDSAS, why do you want to be a doctor? And the way that we teach it, right? My philosophy, the the whole book that I wrote on it, which is 
right here, the pre-med playbook, guide to the medical school personal statement, uh, is what is your seed, right? What exposed you to healthcare that made you think about, ooh, this is kind of interesting, I want to explore it, whether that's nursing, PT, uh, PA, MDDO, whatever that is, right? And then what are the watering events? So what experiences have you had interacting with patients typically that have strengthened that desire? All it is is a reframed version of the scientific method, right? I have this hypothesis. What is my hypothesis? I think I want to be a doctor or I think I want to be a PA or whatever it is, right? And then you're like, okay, I have a hypothesis. How do I test this hypothesis? I need to collect some data. How do I collect the data? I go and interact with patients, right? I have to see, like, is that something that, that I enjoy? Do I like the clinic environment? Do I like the hospital environment? Do I like patients being sick and being whiny and being amazing and courageous and whatever their emotions they're feeling in that moment, right? And, and do I like that? And I'm going to collect that data. And then I'm going to analyze that data. I'm going to come to some conclusions, right? The seed and watering event and conclusion is the scientific method. That's all it is. And so the personal statement needs to do that job. And so you have 5,300 characters. So what activities do you put in there? The ones that to your core speak to you as to motivations for you wanting to be a physician. And yes, I have some caveats. Like I don't think research goes into a personal statement because I don't think research is connected to medicine. You can go be a researcher. You don't need to, to do research to be an amazing physician. So th there are some caveats there and, and reasons why that I, that I talk about for a personal statement. Okay, that's right. Again, helpful to kind of hear for your own personal circumstances to get out of your head a bit and just answer the question. Just answer the um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think this. I think it's honestly, I came in sort of with more of these questions about framing um, broader picture. Okay this is the goal of this, this is the goal of this. And yeah. so that was what all of that, like, is it cohesive what's happening here? But hearing just answer the question. Answer um, the question. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's literally, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad that's helped because I think too many students try to force a theme. Like, I don't think an application should have a theme other than the theme is tell your story, right? right. Students will like, I want to paint a theme of public health. I'm like, well, if you have been involved in public health since day one of your college career, then obviously that's going to be your theme if you tell your story. So again, I don't think it needs to have this forced theme because typically what happens is the writing is weaker because you're forcing everything you're into this theme. The, that is also a really helpful sort of like perspective to take. Um, and I think for students that maybe have been out of school a little bit longer with really diverse experiences, um, you know, career changers, whomever, yeah. um, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense to try and make them all cohesive or to fit. Um, yep. so, um, I don't think I, I think I have a lot of work to do, but I don't know <laughs> that I have any more, um, specific questions unless there's some kind of prompt that you think would be helpful. Uh, for other listeners to hear. Yeah, I don't think so. I think uh, it's great to think about what you've done uh, and and just talk about the impact to you. Uh, you don't have to tie everything to medicine. Again, you don't have to tie everything together. Just just 
tell your story, talk about each of these things that you've done, talk about them individually, impact-wise, and what they mean to you and all that fun stuff. So I think it could be good. No, no big deal. No big Very deal. Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy. Yeah. Um, you've taken the MCAT already? I am taking it in just a couple of weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah. Final countdown. Uh, the MCAT podcast that I do. Do you listen to it? Um, I have kind of sporadically. Yeah. But so, I'm about to. Good. We we have a couple episodes about kind of that final countdown of, of like, hey, I'm taking the MCAT in a couple of weeks. Go listen to those again on the MCAT podcast, mcatpodcast.com to hopefully help ease your nerves as you're you're winding down. Okay, great. Thank you for that tip. I will take you up on that yeah. for sure. Uh, the MCAT podcast, I do with Blueprint MCAT, who's a sponsor of this show. So awesome. Well, good luck to you. Good luck with the application and with your MCAT and all of that other good stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking with me today. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you want a podcast dedicated to everything pre-med, go check out the pre-med years at medicalschoolhq.net. 